0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the WildcatAuthority.com podcast, Wildcat Scoop. Uh, there's been a few things going on in Arizona athletics. Um, and yeah, you know, I decided while well, I was making the decision whether or not to talk about basketball or football um, with basketball. I think you know maybe wait after this week, see where things lie before kind of delving into that a little bit more. Not only that, but um, Arizona is a football school now, and I think that Jedfish deserves attention. Okay, well, it's not a football school. Uh, I don't know what it would take to become a football school. I've actually uh, been thinking and discussing that with a few people. I'm curious what you guys think. Once I post this on the message board, what would it take? for Arizona to become a football school, if it's even possible? Would it take a Rose Bowl, uh, you know, college football appearance, Pac-12 titles? I don't think one title would do it. What would it take for Arizona to become a football school? Um, and that's no disrespect to Jetfish or any of Arizona's football coaches. I just think that Lute Olsen kind of paved the way in this city for why Arizona is considered a basketball school. This is a basketball town. Um, You know, you never have to worry about Mikhail filling up for a big game, whereas with football, whoever the football coach is at the time, they're going to have to kind of beg people in order to, to sell out the place. And maybe that changes with winning. You know, maybe, you know, I remember um, covering Mike Stoops' teams, and those are some of the crazier crowds um, that I've ever seen in, in Arizona Stadium. And it's not like his teams were dominating top 25 and all that. There was just excitement. They were fun to watch and all that. And um, you know, I still remember the Oregon game, the Iowa game, et cetera, and, and those were fun to go to. And so, I'm curious as to your thoughts. That's our podcast poll question: What would it take for Arizona to become uh, a football school? An act of God, maybe? I don't know. Um, with all that being said, it makes sense that we have another podcast because it feels like every day we don't have a podcast, something else big happens regarding Arizona football and the moves that Jed Fish. Is making and first let me let me clarify a, a few things with fish. Arizona fans have every right to be excited, every right. Don't let anyone tell you you have no right to be excited. You should absolutely be excited about Arizona football. But there's a couple things that come along with that. Number one, to be clear, Jed Fish is doing everything right. Now, Arizona hasn't played a game on the field, so if Arizona goes and Jed Fish winds up losing the next three years, no one's gonna forget about this month or whatever it is. But if they win and fish is able to get Arizona consistently to bowl games and all that, people are gonna remember these last few weeks as being the start of the entire process and getting everything going with the analysts, the Arizona connections, the coaching staff, etc. That's just how college athletics and all athletics is. This stuff is cool in the moment, but if the coach and the team wind up losing, no one's going to care about the overall process with that being said, don't let ASU fans or PAC 12 fans or anyone else tell you that this isn't an exciting time to be an Arizona football fan because this is cool. And it also, I think I was talking to another reporter. It puts Kevin Sumlin into perspective because it feels like even though Jed fish is impressive and what he's doing, none of this is rocket science. You know what I mean? Like, Hiring a guy like Brandon Sanders to be um, in charge of high school public relations, alumni outreach and stuff. Yeah, why not? Like, why, why did Jed Fish have to be the guy to do that? Um, asking Ricky Hunley and Chuck Cecil. And again, their, their futures are, we don't know. They may not wind up being good coaches. They may wind up being great coaches. They may wind up being average coaches. We don't really know at this point. Um, but what we do know is, again, it's that Arizona outreach. Um, Teddy Bruski, we'll get to that a little bit later in the podcast, but obviously Fish deserves a ton of credit. But even the analysts that Jed Fish has hired, um, you know, these are guys, Beya Rasul who went to Rincon, but, you know, is from the state, knows the state well and all that. Why didn't Arizona ever reach out to him when he was an analyst on Missouri? Like, those are the type of guys that you try to bring back. And it wasn't all bad. Um, John Marinelli Luke McNitt those are guys that have returned on the staff um, off the field roles etc that Kevin Sumlin hired Uh, McNitt maybe even be given a bigger role I mean he's an impressive guy and and he's a guy that one day is probably going to be a coach but you look at the moves and it feels like none of it is crazy like maybe Brewski is impressive but none of it is like earth shattering holy crap I can't believe no one thought about it no it's the opposite it's we thought about it, but how come no one's ever done it before? And with, with all that being said again, yeah, like, be excited. Like, it's cool. It, it's a cool thing to see Arizona have a coach. Like, Kevin Sumlin went on Twitter to show his shoes once, maybe twice, and then when there was a commitment, that was it. Jetfish, I I, I would have to count, but it's possible that Jetfish has tweeted more, these last few weeks than Kevin Sumlin did his entire tenure at Arizona, and it's a go. It's just a tweet, but it's more than that because the biggest obstacle, or why I should not the biggest, one of the biggest obstacles in Arizona football was fan engagement. Because at the end of the Kevin Sumlin era, no one cared. People were pissed that Arizona lost seventy to seven at ASU. Don't get me wrong, but the overall apathy and Michael Luke and I talked about this often. Apathy is the perfect word that described Arizona football, because while you were mad, you're like, whatever, whatever it takes to get this guy out. And that is the worst. That's worse than being mad. I'd rather people be absolutely furious at a coach than be like, whatever, that's Arizona football. And I think what fish has done early on in his tenure is bring those fans back, whether it's Twitter whether it's getting out there and, and talking and, and doing interviews, it's going on Colin Coward, it's going on radio shows in the country, et cetera. That's the biggest thing that I think he needed to do with the fan base because it was not lost on Jed Fish what people said when he was hired. He is fully aware of what people said. And I've said this before. I've been doing this for twenty, close to 20 years. And I've never in my life seen anything like what Arizona fans did and how they reacted when Jed Fish was hired. I'm talking SEC schools. I had publishers reach out to me saying it was wild and saying they felt bad for me, etc. I posted, please don't leave me yet. (laughs) Give me some time. By the way, shout out to me for posting that because it turned out to be prophetic. You guys... Uh, hung on with me. We didn't really lose anyone whatsoever. And look at us now. Uh, The Arizona football message board is kicking. I love it. I love my job. And uh, again, on the field results, nobody knows. But off the field, how could you give Jetfish, you know, anything but an A? Like he's done it. He hired the staff that he wanted. Um, You know, the staff that he brought in. We, We highlighted that in the last podcast, but brought in experience, brought in recruiters. And I think one thing that I like that I'm impressed with, it goes back to what I said of a minute or two ago, is he's letting his analysts work. It, it felt like Kevin Sumlin never really let his analysts work, but these guys are able to offer. These guys are, when when kids come to campus, they'll recruit, et cetera. There's rules limiting them on what they can do and the GAs can do, but this is an active, expanded thing. Um, Arizona posted a job, that, just to highlight it, Arizona posted a job and. I kind of have an idea who's getting it, but, you know, lips are sealed and and all that. But Arizona posted a job for a portal scout. This is a job that every single school in the country should have. There are about 1,200 kids that have entered the portal in the last few weeks. There is no world where a head coach or an assistant coach or whatever it may be has time to analyze and scout every guy that enters the portal. So what you do is you hire a guy that'll do it. And during the season, when those numbers are lower, he's now scouting NFL style, the opponents one, two, three weeks in advance, charting plays, etc. so that when the game comes around, the whole scouting scenario and, and process is simplified. But now you have a guy that the transfer portal has become so ridiculous, and that's, that's the word, it's ridiculous, um, that you have to hire a guy to scout it, and Arizona did it. Um, I, I don't know. I'd have to look if there's other schools in the country that have done it, but I know there's not a lot. And I know there's not many in the Pac-12, if there is any. And it's a huge job, and it's something that he was smart doing. Um, Jed Fish has hired high school recruiting, on-campus recruiting, uh, alumni relations, etc. And it's just smart, because you cannot win in college football in this day and age without an expanded front office, as I like to say. And that was never more clear than when a horrible kept secret was finally made public on Monday afternoon with the hiring of Teddy Bruschi. And Bruski, there's going to be people that say, Bruschi is, you know, what is he doing? He's not doing anything on on the field, and he's not. It's a part-time job, cool, but there's two things that he's doing that I think are very important. The first one goes back to what I said earlier. This guy, when he's on radio and he's on ESPN, he will be mentioning Arizona. Guarantee it. This isn't just some, oh, Teddy Bruski went to Arizona. That's in the background. Now, this guy, the exposure that he's going to give Arizona football will be major compared to to what we've seen in the past. He's going to go on ESPN, the radio. This guy, he's going to go on radio probably as soon as tomorrow and, and talk about it and talk about Arizona football and why people should play for Arizona football, et cetera, and he's allowed to do that. He may not be able to allow to directly call recruits But there's nothing saying that he basically can't do similar to what Herm Edwards did at the, you know, near his tenure before he took the ASU and all that. And he was on TV basically openly recruiting. And because of that, you see his friends when ASU is on TV, a national broadcast, ESPN and all that, you see his friends basically openly recruiting for ASU. Well, Arizona's going to have that now. And the second thing that stood out to me was that he will be in charge of, I don't want to say in charge, but he will be active in donor relations. And at the end of the day, there's money involved in college football, and it's a lot different. No disrespect to the Arizona Athletic Department, but it's a lot different when Dave Hickey calls me and asks me for money towards the football program than when Teddy Bruschi does it. <laughs> like if my phone rings and I'm sitting on my you know my mansion, and it's Teddy Bruschi on the phone, he says, "Look, we, we need a little bit more money for the program. We want to do this, this, and this." It's different. And when Teddy Bruski calls guys that he's played with or former Arizona football players that have a nice amount of money, it's different. Like, it's just a different feel. And I think that may wind up being the most important part of this job is talking to these former players, talking to these guys with the money. And it's an arms race right now. College football is an arms race as nice as Arizona's facilities are they're going to be among the worst in the conference again in another five years it's just the way it is um and 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 that stuff has to change and and you know coaching staffs if arizona has any type of success there's going to be bigger schools that go after its coaches and you better be prepared to have the money and, and keep those guys because in college football being able to retain a staff is extremely important unless you're you know nick saban where you lose your entire staff and and fill it with nfl guys but you know, it, it, college football is all about the money. You don't see poor schools winning national titles and competing to win conference titles and all that. You just can't do it. There's a reason why schools at Oregon and USC are are near the top of the Pac-12 because they're willing to spend the money. And that money was gone. It's gone now, you know, and maybe Teddy Bruski changes it. Maybe he doesn't, but he's going to have a more active role in making sure that, the Arizona football finances don't fall to a point where it's embarrassing. Um, you know, and, and I've credited Arizona before with finding the money in order to fire Kevin Sumlin, whether that money was there or not. I don't know, but it had to be there. <laughs> That's one of the things where you, you pay for it and you worry about it later. Like you get such a good deal that you use your credit card. You so, you know what? I'll, I'll worry about this later. I need this right now. That was the Kevin Sumlin firing. But um, yeah, it, it, it's just, it's, when you look at Fish, it's hard to really complain about anything he's done. You know, you, you move to recruiting, um, they are very aggressive. And uh, Greg Biggins, the 24-7 analyst, posted on the message board that usually coaching staffs go one of two ways. Uh, what new coaching staffs they choose to take it slow, really, really evaluate guys, pick and choose, kind of try to make it special. We're a new coach, you're our first offer, et cetera. Or they're super aggressive, they say, we're here. We're gonna offer you the last afternoon to offer you. you know you weren't considering us. you're gonna consider us now. Arizona football's done the latter. Um, I'll tell you right now that the majority of the guys that they've offered aren't gonna look at Arizona because that's just the way it is. like they're they're you know when you're a top fifteen player, you're not committing to Arizona right now. Um, and that it, it that's not to blame Arizona. You're not committing to most you know you're not committing to most pac twelve schools right now if you're a top you know 40 guy um but arizona is basically saying look we want to be considered with these schools and we want to be on your mind and we're going to offer you when and we're going to call you and it may not last forever but we're going to recruit you like you should consider us and you know we're not as good as these other schools but hey we plan to be and we want you to be a part of that and that's what the pitch is it's look we're not stupid. We're not ignoring what happened to Arizona football the last few years under Kevin Sumlin. But we're a new coaching staff, and and we're going to be aggressive. And you know, they're they're just offers for the most part. But there's some guys that you look at them and you say, look, you know, Arizona's getting kind of a few mentions out of Servite, for instance, in in, in Anaheim. Do a lot, do in large part to Brendan Carroll, um, who has connections in Anaheim and Orange County area, where you're like, okay. That wouldn't have happened under Kevin Sumlin, and so maybe they land a couple guys, a uh, highly ranked three, a, a, a four. You know, when was the last time Arizona landed a four-star recruit that you felt good about? Um, you know, Grant Gunnell was a four-star twenty-four-seven. I don't think he was a a four-star in, in composite, um, but there's not a lot of four-star guys that Arizona landed that you feel good about. And you know, it, it's it's being mentioned with some of the better schools in the in the conference and the texas recruiting i think it's early arizona is going to recruit a little bit of texas and some of that is just coaching connections um, they're going a little bit into florida but mostly what we've seen is arizona and southern california san diego area is going to have quite a bit la jolla oceanside et cetera. Um, California as a whole is going to have a bit. Arizona is, is obviously uh, an impact state that they want, and then a little bit here and there. Some in Nevada, some in Utah, etc. Um, it appears the coaching staff is for the most part recruiting by position. Um, some staffs do area some staffs do position. It looks like they're doing position, um, unless there's kind of an area where you, you know a coach has a connection or so, and, and then they'll get involved there. But Look, I mean, I I post offers. Arizona's been crazy aggressive. I think it has a 100 offers already for 2022-23. And today, for instance, they offered a 2024 tight end. And it's like, okay, they're the first offer. Why are they offering 2024? Well, Brandon Huffman goes on the board and says the kid's going to be elite. And the kid's seven-on-seven coach goes on Twitter and says, you know, shout-out to Jordan Papal for – uh, being the first coach to offer him. That will be remembered. Now, will they land the kid in 2024? I don't know. But now they're the first school to offer him. And it's years down the road. But they're saying, hey, we knew you when you were in ninth grade. And we knew how good you would be. And we're recruiting you like this. Um, they've done it in state. They, I think they have like three or four 2024 offers, uh, which is wild. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's not common for an Arizona coach to do that because they're kind of... At least by feel, they're kind of trying to save the day and finish up the class, um, and and they've done a nice job in, in that regard in recruiting. And, and you take a look at what they've done, you know, since they got here. And the wonder was, okay, are they going to go to the portal? And I said at the time, I would go to the portal only for multi-year guys because if you're only going for one-year guys, you're delaying the inevitable. You're going to have to do it all over again. And every guy except for one is a multi-year guy. And the one that isn't, uh, Treshawn Hayward, is a beast. Mac, you know, Mac Defensive Player of the Year, uh, linebacker, guy that Don Brown recruited. It's like, well, you know, hey, you know, if <laughs> if, if you're going to recruit this guy, uh, now is probably the time. You know, and, and if you're going to land a player like him and it's only for a year, he's the guy to do it. You're doing it at a position of need. You're trying to win some games next year. You've got some young linebackers. You're going to go do it. And I, I think that what we saw is, for the most part, besides Hayward, they said, you know what, um, we're, we're going to go and, and we're going to get other guys. Like, we're going to go get multi-year uh, uh, players. And, and so what they did is they got transfers that are multi-year guys that are going to be able to learn and, uh, and contribute. And they'll be able to get a good feel for them and, and develop them as if they're, they're normal recruits pretty much. And you, and you take a look at at who they got and, you know, you, you say, you know, look at a guy like Jordan McLeod. And, and I could probably do, you know, a whole QB you know podcast. Maybe we will do a QB podcast. But Jordan McLeod, um, he's a guy where he was a starter at South Florida, got kind of screwed over. Came to Arizona, come compete. Same thing with Gunnar Cruz. He was going to start against Stanford. Game gets canceled because of COVID. He's out of the picture out of that. Isaiah Rutherford, he was a four-star recruit out of high school. Didn't play at Notre Dame. No big deal. You're Notre Dame. He was ranked the 208th player in the nation. Um, Just because he didn't play at Notre Dame doesn't mean that he's not good. It just means he didn't play for one of the top four teams in the country. Um, He'll probably start. Right when he comes to Arizona, Jason Harris, Jalen Harris's brother didn't play at Colorado, Probably needs to put on some weight, may not be effective right away, but now all of a sudden, he's got four years at Arizona. Drake Anderson and Gunner Maldonado from uh, Northwestern. two guys that, you know, Drake played. He's ready. Frank Brown transferred. Boom, Drake steps right in. Gunner Maldonado. another guy in high school where Arizona didn't recruit as seriously as it should have. Um, you know, he was considered seventeenth best player in Arizona. Those are the type of players in Arizona that shouldn't be leaving the state. And and I think that's the key is that even though they're coming back later on, they shouldn't be leaving the state. Um, I could probably do another podcast too about how cool it is that Arizona has a gunner on offense and a gunner on defense. These are the type of things that I get excited about um, the gunner on special teams as a position. Maybe they could get gunner playing gunner on special teams. Um, that'd be cool, but that's a whole different story. But they the, the, the thing is, with recruiting, they have a plan, um, and, and they know what they want. And they came in, and they said, look, we only have two scholarship quarterbacks. We're going to make this a wide-open competition. They went. They got McLeod. They got Cruz. They got Brandon Zamorano, who was committed to Princeton. They got him to walk on, which is wild. The kid, keep an eye on him. He's, he's legit. I'm not saying he's going to be the starting quarterback, but he's a legit competitor, athletic size. They like him quite a bit. All right, there were some other options out there, and Jimmy Doherty, uh, the quarterback's coach and co offenses you know, he's, he's going to have some say, passing game coordinator. He saw this kid, and they went after him pretty aggressively. Um, you know, McLeod, McLeod Cruz, Zamirano, they got Nick Moore from Oregon State as a walk-on. Um, they have Doyle, they have Plummer. This is a wide-open quarterback competition. That's what they wanted. And they're going to go out, and they're probably going to get two more in the 2022 class um, because it's still, you know, a wide-open competition. And you know, offensive line, uh, you can tell you know who Brendan Carroll's offering these bigger kids and uh, more athletic, as opposed to yeah, you know they're they're big, but they could probably put on some weight. But they have the long you know wingspan and all that, and you kind of get a feel for what they're recruiting. You look at Dwayne Walker, and he's recruiting these bigger corners, no more of these smaller corners, these bigger, physical, almost hybrid type, um, like a like a Roland Wallace, really. Like when Arizona landed Roland Wallace. You said to so yourself, this kid could play corner or safety. But, man, if he gets it down at corner, he's going to be really good because of his size, athleticism. And uh, I always remember Demetrius Martin. I said, what do you like about him? He said, size, speed, athleticism, length. He goes, other than that, not much. <laughs> it's like, okay, that's that's probably what you're looking for in a corner. Um, and, and, and it sounds silly, but not all the time. You, know, you look at some of the guys that Arizona has offered in the past, and you kind of felt, hey, this guy's probably not going to cut it. Um, I don't think that any of the transfers are like that. I don't think that any of the four commits that Arizona's gotten under Fish are like that. I, I think that these are guys that they legitimately feel will contribute. And you got to remember that Don Brown, for instance, like look at a guy like Amon Allen. Arizona got his commitment on Monday. Arizona literally did not recruit him at all under Kevin Sumlin. Not once. Didn't contact him in the slightest. Best defensive back in the state of Arizona this past season. Didn't talk to him at all. Don Brown on the job for like two days offers him gets a commitment and they're recruiting him for the Viper position, which is a linebacker safety hybrid type of deal. And look, maybe he wouldn't have worked under Paul Rhodes defense. Maybe he would have, I don't know. But Don Brown sees this guy and who am I to question Don Brown? Um, it, it, it's common knowledge. Don Brown is a badass dude and I'm not, not going to sit here in front of my podcast microphone and question anything about Don Brown and his defense just yet. Um, so, Arizona has a clear strategy recruiting. It's impressive. We'll talk a little bit more about it on signing day when we do another podcast, kind of highlighting who Arizona signed, who I like, and, and all that. Um, we're gonna have full coverage on signing day uh, with highlights, and that we're gonna pretend like it was the first one all over again, and go into analysis, and and then really dive into the, the 2022 class. I have a ton of calls to make. Haven't made them yet because I want to kind of give the 2021 class the respect it deserves, and then move on from there but you know basically what what sums up is a few weeks into the Jedfish fish era and he's making the right moves um and if you're disappointed in anything he's done at this point you're you're kind of just a hater (laughs) i mean there's really or you're just you're a you're a grumpy dude because there's really nothing to be unhappy about there's no on-field results to complain about and off the field he's done exactly what you would want your head coach to do. And had Arizona hired Brennan or Fish or Joe Salavea or whoever it may have been, this is how you would have wanted it to start. And Jed Fish proved that he knew what this job, at least off the field, took going in, and uh, he deserves credit for it. So with that being said, uh, this has been another Wildcat Scoop podcast. Thank you for joining me. We'll have another one discussing the basketball team. We'll have another special one for signing day. Going to try to have a couple interviews for that one. And, uh, yeah, all good. Thank you once again for joining me. Give me uh, 17 stars on Apple reviews um, or five. I think it's only five. Give me 17 if you want. That's fine. But uh, I think five is good. And um, appreciate it once again. Bear down. And uh, last thing also, my wife is giving me a wink. Um, we have a 60% off deal that ends on signing day. So make sure you take advantage of that as well um, as you are listening to this. It's a really good deal, 60% off annual sub. I told guys on Twitter, I said things are picking up. Teddy Brewski, commitment, etc. Trust me when I say this, things are picking up. Take advantage of the 60% off deal. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate you for joining me. Bear down.